0: welcome and thank you for tuning into the graceland church podcast our mission is to follow jesus and love our neighbor for the good of the city we love every once in a while uh, doing the worship team really stripped back like that how many of you guys enjoy that isn't it beautiful <clears throat> i feel really committed to being a worshiping church you know we cannot as we grow slip into being a crowd that loves watching a band play. We have to be a church that shows up and worships the living God. And the house of God is a house of prayer. We, we must lean into that um, as we grow as a church family. Have you ever noticed that our prayers change a lot based on the season of life that we're in? We go through different phases of life and we have different wants and needs in those phases of life for instance how many of you remember being in school and praying that desperate prayer that really was the cry of your heart for god to help you with a test i i have prayed things like lord i will serve you the rest of my life if you will just help me remember which battle was fought during what years among which nations with, with which generals and leaders were in place so I can pass this history exam. Same for math tests. What equation was it? Or what did T.S. Eliot mean by this poem? I don't know, but help me, Lord. <laughs> or how many of you guys remember uh, praying for God to help you and you, this really was your prayer? God, help me be calm and collected and cool when I finally get to speak to that girl or that boy that I so desperately want to notice me and realize how calm, cool, and collected I am. Do you guys remember that prayer? We have a lot of conversations about those kind of prayers in my house right now, because I have a middle school girl. On a more serious note, probably all of us have prayed desperate prayers for God to heal us or to heal people that we know and love. We've prayed for restoration in our families, restoration in our marriages, restoration in friendships. Uh, We've prayed for kids and for grandkids to flourish or to return to the Lord. I remember praying multiple times with my wife in the face of great loss for God to just comfort us and give us peace and healing in moments of pain. I remember not long ago just crying out to God about major decisions that we had to make, asking God for wisdom, please guide our steps, Lord. Just this weekend, uh, my wife, Jessica, is out of town with my oldest daughter They're in Atlanta for a choir trip. And our Thompson Station Middle School choir got first place, by the way, in the competition. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't know they were that good. And then they, I mean, they're good, but, and then they, uh, they went to Six Flags for the rest of the day yesterday, so now they're at the aquarium down there in Atlanta. So that meant I had <clears throat> my, my other three kids at home with me since Friday. So I was praying things like, Lord, help me keep my children alive. And I'm just here to declare victory today because we're all here. They're on this land of grace somewhere, they're wearing clothes, they they smell okay, they're bathed, their hair is semi-combed, they've eaten food, and they've been here in the building since like 6.20 a.m. this morning. Victory. Last night we celebrated actually with Graceland Espanol Taco Night. It was amazing. It was great. So thankful for what God is doing there. You know, through all of these different kinds of prayers, in different chapters of our life, there's, there's a consistent theme, which is God, save me. God, show up in my life, demonstrate your love and your power in a real way that actually makes a difference in this situation. And there's a story that we're looking at today in the Gospel of John, chapter seven, where they were praying the same kind of prayers, and there's this incredible thing that happens right in the middle of it where God speaks and acts powerfully in direct response to their prayer. And I believe the answer to their prayer is the same answer to your prayer. And that's the title today, The Answer to Your Prayer. We're in this series through the whole Gospel of John, we're just going slowly through it. We just came off of a three-week break and we're diving back into it now. It's the kind of series that you can come in and out of so visitors can jump in or out very easily. And uh, we are just calling the whole series Believe because that's the theme of the whole book, believing that Jesus is the Messiah, who he said he was and who did what he said he would do and will do what he said he will do. The context of today's text Is that the jewish people were celebrating the feast of tabernacles which was like the biggest most joyful celebration that they had every single year and they were just remembering the fact that god was faithful to them he was their provider even while they were in the wilderness for 40 years so it's basically like saying man we're gonna party every year once a year just to remember that even in our hardest years god was still with us that's a pretty good party they're basically saying we're gonna party because our doubts do not change God's faithfulness and that's what the Feast of Tabernacles is about and on the last day uh pardon my voice by the way It's, it's just it's weak today for some reason but the people would bow their heads facing the ground and they would pray for rain from heaven for the upcoming agricultural season so that they would not perish but then they would also pray for the rain from heaven that was the promise of the Messiah They would pray every time at the end of this big celebration, God, we are awaiting the promised one, the Messiah, that will deliver us spiritually. And so they're getting to that point in the feast, in this text, so they're getting to that point where they're remembering that prayer that they've prayed for years and years, except this time, Jesus, the Messiah, was physically with them at the party. So this has never happened. And of course, they don't realize fully yet who he is. In fact, they're all divided over who this Jesus is. And so let's pick up in John 7, verses 25. We're gonna read the entire text all the way to verse 53. That's how we're doing this series because we just wanna make much of God's word. So you can turn there in your Bible or on your phone. It'll also be on the screen. It is a comfort to me because even if my sermon bombs, I can go to bed like totally sleeping like a baby on Sunday night because I'm like, I just read the word of God. The word of God wins every time. And so we're just going to read through the text slowly, let God speak to us, and then I'll teach through, teach through it for a few minutes, and then we'll respond together and share communion. And I really already sense God's presence so strong. Um, I, it's a crazy thing in me right now, but I, I was even praying before I got up to preach. I was thinking, I sense God's presence so strong that I was thinking, God, do you just want me to not preach and invite the church to pray for the next 30 minutes? Um, I just sensed that. So I'm going to preach uh, uh, quick and we're going to take time together at the end to pray. And I, I believe God's going to do profound things in our lives. So let's read. At that point, some of the people of Jerusalem began to ask, isn't this the man they are trying to kill? Talking about Jesus. Here he is speaking publicly and they are not saying a word to him. Have the authorities really concluded that he is the Messiah? But we know where this man is from When the Messiah comes, no one will know where he's from. Then Jesus, still teaching in the temple courts, cried out, Yes, you know me, and you know where I am from. I am not here on my own authority, but he who sent me is true. You do not know him, but I know him because I am from him, and he sent me. At this they tried to seize him, but no one laid a hand on him because his hour had not yet come. Still, many in the crowd believed in him. They said, when the Messiah comes, will he perform more signs than this man? The Pharisees heard the crowd whispering such things about him. Then the chief priests and the Pharisees sent temple guards to arrest him. Jesus said, I am with you for only a short time, and then I am going to the one who sent me. Thank you. You will look for me, but you will not find me, and where I am, you cannot come. The Jews said to one another, where does this man intend to go that we cannot find him? Will he go where our people live scattered among the Greeks and teach the Greeks? What did he mean when he said, you will look for me and you will not find me and where I am you cannot come? On the last and greatest day of the festival, Jesus stood and and said in a loud voice, let anyone who is thirsty come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as scripture has said, rivers of living water will flow from within them. By this he meant the spirit whom those who believed in him were later to receive. Up to that time, the spirit had not been given since Jesus had not yet been glorified. On hearing his words, some of the people said, surely this man is a prophet. Others said he is the Messiah. Still others asked, how can the Messiah come from Galilee? Does not scripture say that the Messiah will come from David's descendants and from Bethlehem, the town where David lived? Thus the people were divided because of Jesus. Some wanted to seize him but no one laid a hand on him. Finally, the temple guards went back to the chief priests and the Pharisees who asked them, why didn't you bring him in? No one ever spoke the way this man does, the guards replied. You mean he has deceived you also, the Pharisees retorted. Have any of the rulers or of the Pharisees believed in him? No, but this mob that knows nothing of the law, there is a curse on them. Nicodemus, who had gone to Jesus earlier and was one of their own number asked, Does our law condemn a man without first hearing him to find out what he has been doing? They replied, are you from Galilee too? Look into it and you will find that a prophet does not come out of Galilee. Then they all went home. It's like such a drama, the Bible. I encourage you to try to read scripture with fresh eyes. Forget the fact that you know exactly where all this is going and just read it for the drama that it is. It is an intense moment. The power dynamics at play, the fighting that's happening, the division, the religious leaders quoting scriptures against him. This is kind of like <clears throat> the uh, the core of cancel culture that we're seeing a lot of in our in our culture right now. Nicodemus, who had snuck out to hang out with Jesus for a while and was a Pharisee of great respect, he was trying to stick up for Jesus at least a little and basically say, "Hey, are are we are we the type of people now that just?" completely cancel people, completely crucify people before even hearing from them. That's basically what Nicodemus is saying. And then his own peers are like, "Hey, Nicodemus, trust me, you're going to see this this crazy mob has no idea uh, about they they're an ignorant mob. They don't know that the Messiah cannot come from Galilee." So it's just so tense on so many levels. And I want to remind you of this absolutely profound thing that Jesus said right in the middle of all the chaos in verse 37. It's that last and greatest day of the festival so it's just all these parties but then all this division Jesus stood and said in a loud voice which is not a lot of times in Scripture where it says that Jesus yelled Jesus in this crowd Yells and let me remind you on this last day of the festival is when they all pray for rain for the upcoming season to to wet the dry and parched land so that the agriculture will work and they also pray for the promise from heaven the Messiah that will bring life uh, through the living water of the Messiah spiritually to them that will restore them and in that setting When they're about to pray that prayer to wrap up the festival, Jesus yells, let anyone who is thirsty come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as scripture has said, rivers of living water will flow within them. Everyone's fighting, and Jesus is declaring the invitation. The answer to their prayer is right there, but they can't see it. least most of them can and that's number one in their notes in your notes today if you want to follow along the answer to their prayer was already there but they could not see him it's the answer to their thirst to their fear to all of their longing with god to their doubts to their dryness the answer was right there and number two i just want to submit to you today the answer to your prayer is already here right now your need your prayer, your doubt, your fear, the answer is here. And you might ask, what do you mean the answer is here? I've been, I've been praying forever about this. I don't, I don't see the answer. Well, I wanna submit to you based on scripture that the, the risen Christ, the one whom we're still celebrating, who overcame death in the grave, is the answer to every one of your prayers, all of them. The answer to your prayer is in recognizing the presence of God in your life. And it's not just recognizing his general presence. Like it's easy to say, oh yeah, God is, he's everywhere. Scripture teaches us that he is omnipresent. That means God is everywhere at once. So, okay, big deal. God's with me because he's with everybody. That's the general presence of God. I wanna submit to you that the answer to your prayer is in more understanding the manifest presence of God, the manifest presence of Jesus. And I understand manifest is not a word we use a lot in, in our culture, but let me illustrate it for you. And I, I share this story a lot, but it's it's so helpful in articulating this. Before I knew my wife, Jessica, she existed in the world. And I could have heard about her. Je- there's this girl, Jessica Lynn McKenzie, and great she exists in the world i didn't care that much i wasn't thinking about her it didn't affect my life Um, i was praying for her because i was praying for my future spouse but i didn't know who i was praying for and then when i met her her presence started becoming manifest to me and once her presence the presence of jessica lynn mckenzie started becoming manifest to me it made me want to know her more i wanted to be in her presence more often I wanted to get to know her and very quickly like within a month I wanted to put a ring on it and I wanted to be like I want to get to know your presence for the rest of my life and it's a silly but really powerful way to illustrate just knowing that God is with you because he's everywhere doesn't change anything but the presence of God becoming more manifest to you changes everything and you begin a relationship where you say I want to know you God I'm emotional today (laughs) so I apologize ahead of time when you commit to knowing someone what do you do you spend time with them you commit to learning their heart you commit to sharing who you are with them That's what leads to a marriage. And scripture uses all these metaphors to help us understand our relationship with God. You don't make a new friend unless you get to know your new friend. Jesus calls us his friends. He wants us to be his friend. We're also the bride of Christ, that the church collectively together is the bride. You don't don't lead up to a wedding celebration when you're not getting to know someone. So the invitation... The answer to all your prayers, I believe, is getting to know the manifest presence of God more. I was talking to a couple that I greatly respect who have walked with Jesus their entire lives, and I look up to them very much. And not long ago, I heard a story about the wife in that couple that had grown up as a Christian, that had raised her own kids as Christians, and now in this season of life, was helping to raise grandkids as followers of Jesus in real, authentic, and beautiful ways, with truth and with power and with love. But I didn't know this about their story. Even though she was raised in that and had been faithful in that, it wasn't until her 50s, when she had something very profound happen in her own life that was challenging, that she began to know in deeper ways the life-changing manifest presence of God. The way that they put it was, it's one thing to know that God loves the world. It's another thing when you learn even just a little bit about how God loves you. So two entirely different realities. And this story from this couple was so powerful for me because it's a reminder to all of us, not in a negative way, but in a beautiful invitation that it is so easy to be about the work of the church, about the work of the kingdom of God, but to be not experiencing more of the manifest presence of God and actually building that relationship. You checking with me? You can actually be knowing less of his love for you as you get busy, 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 right? We want to be a people that learn of his love for us personally. This is the invitation. This is the answer to your prayer. And number three articulates my prayer for you today. Hear the cry of Jesus calling to you today in direct answer to your prayer. I believe he's speaking to you. I believe he's here among us. I believe he is the answer to your prayer. And I believe, like in this text, amidst all the noise of our lives and the clamoring and the division and the fighting and the canceling and the confusion, he yells out, if anyone is thirsty, If you are thirsty, come to him and drink, and rivers of living water will flow through you. What an incredible invitation. I love how the text says, let anyone. (laughs) So who is that? That's anyone. I mean, there's no limitation on this. There's no stipulation. There's no box to check. First, anyone. And what is that, what is required of that anyone? The only thing required of that anyone is thirst. That's why the seasons of our life where we tend to be the most in need, the most hungry, the most thirsty, are the most challenging seasons. And we don't realize it when we're in them, but they are gifts to us because they force us to call on the Lord in a way that we don't normally. The only qualification for coming to Jesus is thirst. Do you have a need? Do you have a desire? Do you need strength or power in your marriage? Do you need help with children? Do you need help with work, questions, relationships? And then it doesn't just end there, it gets even better. Because when we come to him, when we drink of this living water, he changes us. That's what the text talks about. You know, I'm so grateful to walk with a lot of people in ministry and we all feel a lot of stress about wondering if we're adequate if we're enough for our life we think things like am i good enough as a student to get the job that i want we think things like am i a good enough person to attract the spouse that i want am i a good enough parent or grandparent to raise the kids right am i a good enough leader worker business owner you fill in the blank but look what the text says again once you drink anyone who is thirsty come to me whoever believes in me rivers of living water will flow from within them so if if the text is saying if Jesus is saying that rivers of living water are going to flow from within you it means they're going to flow to someone else from you so it's saying not only is this going to meet your thirst and meet your needs and answer your prayer but now this river is going to go into every area of your life. And I don't know about you, but all the areas where I feel inadequate, which is like all of them, if you're really honest and thinking about it, I bet you the river of God can handle it. If you feel inadequate in, in what God has called you to do in your place of employment, or in raising your kids and grandkids, or in just your season of life, where you just feel like it's impossible. If you feel like you can't bring what you need to bring to the situation you just keep hitting walls the promise here is keep going to the Lord learn the manifest presence of God be filled with him and then the river of God will take care of it my friends I bet you the river of God can raise my kids a lot more than me reading 10,000 books about parenting and stressing out every day of my life and I'm really thankful for that and I'm not doing that by the way but sometimes I accidentally lean into that and the promise is this and number five God will be more than enough through you as you continually come to him. What a promise. So the way we're gonna to respond today, the worship team is gonna come up and we're gonna take communion together. Um, do we have someone that has the basket? Um, could one of our, Stephen, maybe you could. The basket's right there. If you would like to participate in communion with us today, you're welcome to. Uh, just know that what you're saying is, I'm committing myself as a follower of Jesus. I'll need one up here, Stephen, I forgot to get one. If you could bring me one of those. Raise your hand if you'd like one and Stephen will bring you one right now. Thank you. What we're gonna do is bring our thirst, our need, our longing, our fears, all of our prayers. We're, we're, We're gonna take him up at his invitation today and we're gonna come to him and we're gonna remember what he has done for us. We're gonna drink deeply of the presence of God. I'm gonna invite him to be with us. We're gonna trust him to flow through us with the river of living water, which will be enough for every situation that we are facing right now. And I, I am praying that you will see this more than ever before as the answer to every single one of your prayers. Every prayer, every heartache, every problem. I'm praying you'll see it as the answer. Let's take the bread in our hands. This represents the body of Christ that was broken for us so that we could be whole. That's what the message is. He bears upon his own body our brokenness and we can step into life. In 1 Corinthians eleven twenty four, it says, when Jesus had given thanks, he broke the bread and he said, this is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. So Lord, oh, we thank you we thank you that just like in the middle of that festival that happened 2,000 years ago, that they would celebrate every year on that last and greatest day of the festival when people didn't know who you were. People felt divided. People were questioning what truth was. People didn't know who to believe, who to trust. It felt like pandemonium. In other words, it feels a lot like today. It feels a lot like the, the whirlwind that we find ourselves in. And here in the middle of it, in the middle of everyone, not even knowing what they need, oftentimes not knowing what they want, praying for rain, praying for the Messiah, but missing the Messiah, right in the middle of it, God, and right in the middle of our lives right now, thank you that you raise your voice and you invite us. If anyone is thirsty, he can come and drink. So Lord, we just say yes to the invitation. That's it. That's all we're about. We say yes to the invitation and as we eat together, we remind ourselves that your body broken allows us to walk in wholeness and we thank you for it. Let's eat church. You can go ahead and open your packet of juice. And then in verse 25, 1 Corinthians 11, Jesus said, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. This morning, I can't get the two words out of my mind that scripture teaches us about the blood of Jesus. It says the blood of Jesus speaks a better word over us. Better word and many of us all of us to some degree have had much lesser words spoken over us that oftentimes brand us you might have been branded inadequate since you were a little kid by a parent even if maybe that parent didn't mean it if that's how you heard it you're branded we often brand ourselves you know and branding if you think about is is a violent thing it's a you take that hot scolding thing and it's like every day we we rebrand ourselves this lesser word and lesser is putting it mildly it's a destructive word it's a lie it's actually a word that lines up with the father of lies the enemy of our soul satan who hates us and wants to kill us and destroy everything about us but the promise of the blood of jesus and the new covenant is it breaks through all of it and speaks a better word over you over me We just sit in your presence and we welcome your better word we need your better word god i'm in awe of your better word i'm in awe of it i can't believe it it's uh it's too much Lord, thank you that your better word just melts us in your presence. And you break off all the other words, God. Like some in this room, I've been I've been weeping over this better word for decades, and yet it continues. Thank you for the better word. We need the better word today. while I was sharing in first service, I spilled some of my juice on my sermon notes and uh, it went through into like a bunch of all my pages and I like to preach with paper still. I'm like the only pastor in the world who doesn't preach from an iPad because this notebook that I preach out of was my grandfather's that he preached out of that when he died, they gave to me. And so I preach out of it. So I preach with paper and this drop fell on my page. And it it reminded me again because a a sermon for me, you know, you toil over these things and a sermon is not, is not crafting a speech. A sermon, we all preach sermons with our life, you know, and a, a sermon is the, the, the the pain the brokenness the reality the glory the beauty all of it in life it's 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 just it's churned up in you and out comes something of the lord through his word you know and we all our lives speak you know so you might not speak at a podium but our lives speak and it was so beautiful to think you know we we feel like what we have often isn't enough yet yet we spit just one little spill better word And I'm not, I'm not emotional because I'm like down on myself. I just, I'm so in awe of the better word that he speaks. I'm so in awe of the better word. On my wedding day, and I'm going to stop here in a minute. We're just going to respond together. But on my wedding day, um, I was taken aback uh, because there was a cup there that my wife and I were going to share communion with that I had not seen before the ceremony. And it was a clear cup and it had our, names engraved on it, my wife and I's names engraved on the cup, and it overwhelmed me on our wedding day because it was like this prophetic declaration that there's a cup of the blood of Jesus with our name on it, and that the only only thing that works in life is the better word spoken by the blood of Jesus. Have you guys realized that? That's it. That is the only foundation. It is the only answer to your prayer. There is no other answer. That is the answer. So Lord, we thank you for your presence here. And I believe you're you're making your presence more manifestly known to some people here today. We want to know you, God, and we remember, as we take communion today, the forgiveness of our sins. And for some, if you've never prayed this, we're just praying again, Lord, forgive me for my sins. Forgive me for where I fall short, forgive even my best effort, which isn't enough. And I remember that even just one drop of this spilled on a page, all of a sudden, better word spoken over everything. Thank you for it, Lord. We cling to you as we remember. Let's let's drink, church. Let's sing this chorus. I need you. Lord, I need you. Prayers, Lord. Come on church let's stand together let's cry out to god and as we sing it we're saying god come fill this place fill my heart just take a minute pour your own heart out before the Lord and my encouragement is that you would just say God I want to know you more I want to know you I want your presence who you are to be more manifest to me Lord that is my prayer and I I want to challenge you church to tell the Lord I commit to you I commit my life to you my covenant is before you God you the answer to my prayers you are the one that i will make the priority of getting to know i want to know your heart god i want to know what you're thinking about god i want to know your word i want you to hear my heart god i want to live in covenant relationship with you my savior my king my lord my friend my partner the solution to all things in my life god will you reorient My whole life around you, Lord. Forgive me, God, for running to so many other answers to prayer, so many wrong answers, so many pseudo answers, so many things that can help for a little while. Forgive me, Lord. I want to run to you, God, and I make my commitment to know you more. And I'm hungry, I'm thirsty, and I need you, I need you. Those are that simple chorus, Holy Spirit. Church, Holy Spirit. just our voices one more time. Let's sing Holy Spirit. Let's sing at church. So I believe, just before we dismiss, that um, God is just speaking. I just believe He's speaking to us clearly. That He is and will move among us in power. And I believe he he calls to you, each one of us. You can be a part of it if you want to. I just believe that's the invitation. And all I can see right now is each of you uh, singing this in your bedroom, in your car, at your desk right? It may not be this song, but this is the posture of heart. Spirit of God, come into my life. Fill all this space. for, For many of us, for sure, he calls you to repentance. He calls you to turn from sin. He calls you to change your mind. Return to his way. Return to his word. Seek him in prayer. Seek him in fasting. I believe it's an invitation, and I believe it's what our hearts all long for. So Lord, we just say yes to it. Move among us. It's your church, Lord. I feel like I can't quite dismiss yet because give us Lord for sometimes making the church something it isn't it's just your church and it's a house of prayer that's it it's just your presence among us as a people that's it so we just say yes to Lord what you're inviting us to move powerfully among your church let it start with each of us Powerfully in our families, moving our friendships. I'm going to pray a benediction over us, and we'll be we'll be dismissed. If anyone would like to stay and pray, you're more than welcome. You can sit at your seat. You can come to the altars you can you just play a couple more minutes? Um, I'm going to head upstairs for anyone that wants to come to Newcomers Connect. Here's his benediction over us today. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace, and the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit be among you and remain with you always. In Christ's name, amen. Amen. Love you guys so much. Have a wonderful afternoon.